Welcome to the Rainbows and Rain podcast, the podcast for early interventionists, where you will hear stories, reflection, and coaching from the field. My name is Erica, and I'm an ECSE teacher in Minnesota. This podcast is about connecting through stories and reflecting on our practices during visits. Listen as I try to put best practice and research to work on the road and on real visits, and how I always look for the humor in it all. I hope this podcast helps you connect and reflect on your own visits and interactions with families. Rainbows and Rain is available wherever podcasts are listened to. So please rate, review the podcast, share it if you found it helpful. Ratings and reviews help reach more people and grow that R&R community. You can also find the podcast on Instagram, so you can check it out at rainbows underscore rain underscore podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. We are on episode 32, so thanks for listening. I have taken about a two-month break from the podcast, uh, just with the holidays and the new year and everything and having a break. I just wanted to kind of reflect on my own practices and how it's going and kind of take a break from everything EI-related. But um, back to work, back in the swing of things for a while now, and I really wanted to hop back on and connect with you guys. Since I've been reflecting on my own practices in the field and with families, I have wanted to talk about reflection for a while and kind of focus more, take the podcast and kind of focus more on different aspects of coaching while obviously sharing stories um, from the field and and what's working and what's not and what's flopped. Um, I did have a big flop this week. If you saw my reel on Instagram, I think it was last week actually. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but reflection, it's so key and everybody talks about it. Oh, reflect, reflect, reflect. Um, I'm a huge fan of Dana Childress's book, Pause and Reflect, that was published, oh man, um, I think it was about a year and a half ago now. So I uh, really do encourage you to get it. If you haven't um, seen it, it's really good. I'm definitely not paid to say that. Wish I was, but I'm not. Nevertheless, it's it's really good. So check it out. I love that title too, Pause and Reflect, because that's, I think, the like, what we sometimes forget about when it comes to reflection is that you actually need to stop. You you need to stop what you're doing. You need to stop thinking about the next visit or the next thing you have or that meeting. Sometimes when you're even in the visit, you need to stop thinking about what you're going to say next and truly just listen and take that caregiver in. And I know it's really hard to do. And I used to do it all the time because I'm such a like overanalyzer. And I just want to be on top of it so much that I want to know what I'm going to say before I even say it. But while I'm doing that, I'm not really truly listening to the caregiver or taking it all in. So I had to stop and think a little bit about why do I do that? And when I stopped and thought to myself and kind of 
have also like observed other people in the moment on joint visits doing the same thing. I think it's that uncomfortable silence that we don't like or that we're uncomfortable with, or we're so like keen to needing to have the answer ready for that caregiver. When in reality, if we're too fast with that answer, it very well could be the wrong answer, not what they're looking for. It's just, um, it really requires you to just stop. Um, And that's what I think is so key about reflection when we reflect with caregivers, but also when we reflect um, with ourselves and what we're, what we're doing on visits. So I think this is a good time to share my flop moment. I think I called it a bomb on Instagram where it's like you just felt kind of a bomb go off. Like what you said just sort of bombed (laughs) with the caregiver. It didn't connect with the caregiver. It's not what the caregiver was looking for. And so anyways, I'll just kind of set the scene here just a little bit. Um, It was towards the end of the visit. Um, It's a newer family. You know, I've had less than half a dozen visits with this family. Um, And their son was just diagnosed with autism. Um, he's, he's nonverbal. Um, he's got some pretty intense needs, but he's got some really good strengths too. And one of his strengths is music. And he just really connects to the rhythm of music, the sound of music. Um, so, so that's something this mom has really observed in him. And again, so this was towards the end of the visit. I had to get to a next visit. I wasn't running late or anything, but I just kind of wanted to get out the door too. Um, but she, we were talking about something and then all of a sudden she said, what about, what about music therapy? Is there such a thing as music therapy? And I said, absolutely, there's such a thing as, as music therapy. And you can search for it online. Um and find places that that do that and people that do that. Absolutely. And she said, well, he just really likes music. And I just think it's really good for him. And I, again, so get ready for the bomb. <laughs> I just said to her, well, then I would just sing to him all day long. <laughs> no, I didn't say all day long. I said, I would sing throughout your day. I said, if that's how he connects and engages best, I would I would sing throughout your day. And I, I'm sure you guys can kind of guess what I really meant by that um, or what I probably should have said in that moment. And she kind of just got this like really funny look on her face. And she was like, yeah, I do that. And I can't sing all day long. So I'm just wondering if there's something else out there that could like help him. And I felt so bad. And I'm totally going to redeem myself on Wednesday when I go back. But there's definitely some things I wished I would have said. Um, But I was too busy thinking about, oh, music therapy. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe she should be singing to him. Um, Well, hello, Erica. Maybe she's already doing that. (laughs) Um, This mom, you know, he's newly diagnosed. So she's really looking 
you know, for anything and everything that will really help him. She also was asking about ABA as I was trying to put my shoes on too, which is unfortunate. But um, I just said, hey, there's resources for that too. Let's talk more about that. Or I can send you some links because um, this mom is all over TikTok too. She'll send me things like, hey, what do you, can you make this? Or what do you think of that? Um, so she's getting a lot of information a lot of different ways, which is a good and bad thing about social media with parents too, is that they can connect. But at the same time, it's like, I want to do everything and anything. You know, they, I, I have seen some parents, not all parents, but some parents, they'll go through like this this, I need to fix it. I need to do X, Y, and Z because I wasn't doing X, Y, and Z before. So now I have to make up for the time that I wasn't doing X, Y, and Z. So, and it's definitely a phase. Um, I've seen parents go through, it's, it's part of the grieving cycle for sure. Um, when it comes to realizing your child has a disability. Um, so what do I like now that I've stopped and thought about that visit, it's like, I wished I would have said, So this is one of my favorite things to say when I don't know what to say. Tell me more about music therapy and why you think that might be helpful or why you're interested in music therapy. Tell me more about how you're already using music throughout your day. Tell me about the difference you see in him when you're singing with him and it's absolutely true. We we did it in that visit and he absolutely will turn, look at you, engage, imitate all of those things. Um very very different than when you're not singing with him. So that's one of my favorite things to say when I don't know what to say. Tell me more about why you're interested in that. Tell me tell me more. It's just a great prompt, I think. So there are four types of reflective questions. There are awareness questions, which, or awareness prompts, whatever you want to call them, Um, like the ones I just described, tell me more, tell me why, um, that kind of just bring out more awareness to to what's happening in in the visit. There's analysis questions, you know, when you're analyzing a routine or trying to get parents to to think about and compare um, what they want to have happen to to what's already happening or what they know now about a subject area and what they want to know more about. So it sort of examines feelings, actions, and intentions and knowledge with some of those questions. Then there are alternatives, and alternative questions are a time to kind of brainstorm and share knowledge and ideas to kind of seek a solution. Um, I I love those kinds of questions. And then the last, the fourth type of reflective questioning is action. Action questions develop the joint plan with the parent and caregiver. They're kind of the easiest, I think, reflective questions to ask, like, what do you have? What do you need? When are you going to do this? Where can you get that? Um, how can I help you? Um, do you want me to check in with you? Those types of things. Um, when are you going to do this? That kind of thing. They're kind of the the nitty gritty of the of the action plan. So again, like I just said, I kind of went through a little bit of awareness questions. So basically, like, 
what does the parent or caregiver already know? Um, These are typically who, what, where, when questions. Another question I could have asked her was, tell me about where you heard of the term music therapy. Where's, um, did you read that? If you did, where did you read it? It kind of gets you into their head a little bit about where they're getting their information um, or, you know, where are they, where are they seeking information, that type of thing. Um, Cause sometimes I will straight up tell parents like, Hey, let me be your Google. Like don't go down the scary, dark rabbit hole that is Google. Um, if you want resources that are credible and reliable, um, let me point you in the right direction. Even when it comes to like Instagram accounts too. Uh, and things like that, or TikTok, like, hey, if you, you know, if you have questions about something that you've seen or read or watched, you know, run it by me, let me be your Google. <clears throat> so again, those are those awareness questions. I, I have a list of favorites that I have. Um, so for example, I'll just kind of run, run through these quick with you. What have you tried? I love that one. So before I jump to giving you an answer, maybe I should ask you what you've already tried. Um, Another one, have you heard the term blank before? So have you heard the term sensory diet? Have you heard the, what do you know about sensory processing? Um, Another one, are you familiar with blank? Um, So that type those types of questions. It's like finding out about what the caregiver knows first before you offer up your knowledge uh, and what you know. So find out, find that out first. Um, things that kind of are more routine specific when it comes to awareness questions, uh, questions, reflective questions that I like. When does this happen the most? So as they're talking and describing a situation or something that they're struggling with, when when does this happen? Um, I usually follow that up with, and then what do you do? Because they'll describe this like scenario where like, oh, this happened, then he got frustrated, and he did this, and he did that, and that, and and then you're like, and then what did you do? Like if if sitting was your ultimate goal with him and he wasn't sitting, like, then what do you do? So um, I like those kinds of questions. They're just kind of like surface level questions before you get really deeper into things. Um, other awareness questions I really like is when it comes to routines, what is different about this routine versus other routines in your day? So again, something that they're struggling with, um, try and connect it to like, okay, well, if this is hard, tell me what's easy and why is it easy? Uh, A couple more. How are you currently doing that? How did that work for you? Or how well did that work for you? What happened when you did X, Y, and Z? Um, What did you do to make that happen? You know, how did you get them to come to the table? That sort of thing. Uh, what went really well in that moment or what worked in that moment? What did you do that was the most helpful? Um, what what could have made it go better? You know, those 
those are situations where you have to get parents to kind of think about it. It's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this at this time, like right before a nap, or maybe I shouldn't have like switched up our schedule, you know, or made that appointment when I knew it wasn't a good time, that kind of thing. Um, did you notice that's kind of, I like that one too. Like, Hey, did you notice I use that a lot when I'm modeling? Um, so if I'm doing any modeling, I for sure use the seven steps of intentional modeling and you can find that on, on the web. Uh, I can, I'll probably do an episode just kind of dedicated to modeling and go through that. Cause again, um, moving forward with the podcast, I kind of want to get into the different aspects of coaching and home visiting, um, but being really specific to like the skill, um, that we're talking about. So, um, but again, that's another awareness question. Like, did you notice sometimes when I'm modeling or even when they're like in the heat of it and they're showing me something, sometimes the caregiver is so focused on what they're doing that they're maybe not noticing what, what the child did. Um, so it's kind of just bringing attention to what they might have missed. Okay, jumping to the second type of reflective questions are analysis questions. So analysis questions compare what is going on to what the parent or caregiver wants to have happen. So again, they kind of examine like, thought process, how they're feeling, what actions they're taking, you know, what their intentions are and what their knowledge is. Um, So a lot of times I'll do this when I'm writing IFSPs. So in an IFSP meeting, if we're talking really specifically about a routine, I'll use the question, how does what's happening now compared to what you want to have happen. So tell me what you want that to look like. Um, so that's sort of an analysis question to really think about like, um, just basically like, what do they want? What do, what do they want to change? What do they want to make different? I had a really good meeting several weeks ago. And this mom, she's got twins. And they, one of them is really struggling with mealtime, with trying new foods, with just variety in her diet. Uh, They're about 17 months. And when we were talking about the outcome on the IFSP, I, you know, I kind of just said, I wanted her to write it. Like, there's no reason why I should be like, writing it or saying it for them. Like, I hear you want so-and-so to probably increase their variety of foods and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, eh, no, we're going with a different lining of questioning. Um, I basically just said to her, tell me what, how you want mealtime to look. And she said, I want her to look at her plate and not want to run away from the table. Cause that's what she's doing right now. Um, you know, she's like, mom said, I want to be able to go to the grocery store and pick out a food and be like, this is what we're trying today and have her just be willing to try it. 
And isn't that a perfect IFSP goal? I think it is. <laughs> and that's exactly what I wrote. Um, that she would sit at the table and tolerate new foods being presented to her. Um, staying seated at the at the mealtime, at the at the dinner table where they where they eat. Um, so I love that question when I'm analysis questions, when I'm really trying to get the caregiver um, to, you know, they're, they're thinking big, right? Like I want them to walk, I want them to talk, I want them to eat. Okay. Yeah. We really need to focus that in on something. Cause we can't like, f- like fix all that in a day or overnight, or, you know, I don't have some magic bag that's gonna, that's gonna fix that when I come. So it's really getting down to like, what do you want it to look like from where it is right now? Where do you want it? Where do you want the next? What would be the next best thing? So again, those are analysis questions. Um, When something is in a visit, when you're when you're in a visit, I love some of these questions. Like, why do you think it happened that way? Like, why do you think he did that? I probably know the answer to that, to be honest, but I'm trying to check their understanding too. Um, And that's one way to do that. Uh, Another one, what do you know now after trying X, Y, and Z? So did they see value in X, Y, and Z? Did they think that change was worthwhile? Um, that, That kind of thing. Um, When a parent is talking to me and they're describing a success and something that they did differently, I really want them to think about that. So I'll, I'll ask them, like, how did you know to do something else? Like, how did you know to try that? Or what made you think of that? Um, Again, that's going back to like that thought process and those feelings and those actions and intentions. Okay, third line of questioning, alternative questions. Again, this is a time to brainstorm, share knowledge, throw ideas out there. You're seeking to find a solution. You're not picking the solution. You're literally kind of just throwing things out there. And we need to be comfortable with not having all the answers. Um, So asking parents, like, if that didn't work, what else could you try? What do you think you need to do to have something different happen? Or how might you go about doing that? I'm just going through some of these questions. Um, What might make it work better next time? Or what are you going to do differently next time? When else could you do this? Um, So again, these are like alternative questions. So thinking about like, if A didn't work, what are options B, C, D, E, et cetera, that kind of thing. Um, last but not least, action questions. My favorite questions because they're straight into the point. They help develop that joint plan, that action practice for the parent or caregiver. What do you have? What do you need? Where can you get it? Do you know when you're going to do this? At the end of every single visit, I almost always say, do you feel like you have a plan? Do you feel like you know what you're going to do um, at the end of every visit? So again, this this goes back to the action. If it's something you've just practiced in a visit, maybe you've just demonstrated because that's, that's their learning style and that's kind of where they're at 
in the process is kind of like watching you do it. So, okay, so you just watched me do this. How comfortable are you with trying this? Hopefully they tried in that moment. And then after that, asking them, do you feel comfortable doing this when I'm gone tomorrow or the next day? Um, when are you going to do this? So is there something else you could do this with? That type of thing. One of the tricky things about coaching and home visiting is that everything's happening all at once. So there are no steps to a home visit, really. I mean, there's always an opening and there's always a closing, but kind of the stuff that happens in the middle there, you could never like write a recipe for or a, you know, or like an equation for like A plus B equals C. Um, reflection is happening kind of throughout the visit along with those other components of coaching, the action practice, the feedback, the observation. Usually you observe and then you reflect or something just happened and now you're offering feedback. So it's definitely a, you know, it's it's a job that really requires you to listen and observe and really capture or grab onto those moments in a visit where you're like, oh, this is an opportunity to do this. This is an opportunity to be that, do that. So it really, coaching really requires you to be present, be present and kind of trust that, that opportunities will present itself in the visit. You just have to look, listen, and seize those moments. Because without a doubt, those moments will happen. You don't need to plan for them. Trust me, they will happen. I'm going to wrap the podcast up here. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Please hop on Apple iPod or not iPods. Um, Hop on the Apple app and rate, review, share, subscribe, like, whatever you need to do. Again, that just grows the community. I'm so proud of our R&R community, um, the Rainbows and Rain community, um, because there's so many of us. And I just want to close with um, a shout out to the EI providers in Minnesota. There is a lot of change being discussed and proposed. Um in the state right now with the upcoming budget and legislature. And I think all we can do right now is just not sweat the small stuff, kind of just focus on the work you have to do right now, today, and time will kind of tell what's going to happen for us. Thanks again, and I hope you listen to another episode of Rainbows and Rain, where we will be looking at more specific coaching strategies. Um, If there's something you want to hear or listen to or share, please, please, please message me. I love getting those stories, those messages. EI is happening all over the world, um, which is so awesome. To, to, to interact with 
different EI providers and know that while this job can sometimes feel a little overwhelming, kind of isolating, um, because you're on the road, visit to visit, that type of thing, there are so many people out there doing the same things we are and that you are right now. So keep up that awesome work that you're doing. And I'll catch you again on another episode of Rainbows and Rain.